You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom Abrocha. We are on Erev Erev Shabbos Chuma. And as we've done in previous years, instead of dealing with Chuvais, we've decided to deal with the Nyon Chuva. And as we know, a hallowed tradition in our history is the role of speak and give the Shabbos Shuvah the <laughs> It's unfortunate that there's been a dilution of this minute with the proliferation of various shuls of Shtiblach. But we have the schools to have someone who is connected to that Masayra, the Masayra of the Shabbos Shuvah the Drosha that resounds within his Kehillah. And that is my very dear friend, and one of the most important rabbonim truly in North America, Rabbi Ruven Yeshua Pupko, rabbi of Beth Israel, Beth Aaron in Montreal, sign of a venerated rabbinic family, the son of Rabbi Pupko, who himself was a rabbi for over 60 years in Shari Tahir in Pittsburgh. Rabbi Pupko's immense oratory skills for decades allowed people of all faiths to understand Judaism, the Orthodox way of understanding the Torah. He is arguably Canada's staunchest rabbinic defender of Zionism and the modern state of Israel. He's been a passionate advocate, a passionate advocate for streamlining systems that free Jewish women from the bonds of Igun that have historically prevented them from receiving a divorce and remarrying. He went as voice of authority to the film Untying the Bonds, a documentary produced by the Coalition of Jewish Women or the Get. Um, I'm going to go off my script for a minute and say, and he's also lent his voice and, and presence and his gravitas to the very important film, Schmelvis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to Eric Severide. Rabbi Pupko has garnered renown and respect for many non-Orthodox associations, serving numerous times as the spiritual leader of the March of the Living. He's co-chair of the Canadian Rabbinic Caucus, and he has his own... Um, Wikipedia site, which, uh, you know, a link on Wikipedia, which I think is quite impressive. As, as you as you reminded me about the uh, uh, the role or the place of the Shabbat Shubhad Rosh in Jewish life, uh, you know, in the old country, before the war in Europe, Rabbanim often spoke just twice a year. My Zeta over my left-hand shoulder was Rabban Valiz. He spoke twice a year, Shabbat Shubhad and Shabbat Sagodl. Uh, and it, you Obviously, we have the texts of previous uh, of centuries of Shabbos Shuvah Drashas. I'm not sure you would agree with this because maybe the selection I've read is different than than, than what you've read, but uh, many of them were Pilpulim, were uh, uh, Shabbos Agoda was more halachic in those days, I would say, than it is today. But uh, it certainly was a highly anticipated moment on the Jewish calendar, certainly Shabbos Shuvah as it, fell between, as it always falls between uh, as the schedule between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, I, I wanted. To, I, I'm going to talk about something that is probably one of the oldest themes on Shabbos Shuvah. Uh, every rabbi, I guess, uh, at one point or another, has addressed this issue. It's probably the oldest subject. So I'm going to begin with some very old stuff that is very familiar to people, but end in a place that is radically different. And uh, than any than, than anyone uh, has ended uh, before, I would say, without 
fear of contradiction. Not only will I, it will, it will, uh, I believe it's a di different interpretation on Vidui than we've uh, encountered. And I think it's a very important interpretation of Vidui. But I'm going to begin with the oldest question that people ask when they open Hilchus Tshuva and the Rambam, which is, is Tshuva Mitzvah? It's, it's a very old discussion. And it's been rehashed countless times. Just review some of the basic parameters of that discussion. Uh, you know, uh, the Rambam and Hilchus Tshuva, there's, there's a headline before the first halacha, as there is before every group of halachas. It's called the Koteret or the Crown. It says, Hilchus Tshuva, Mitzvah Saseyachas. There's one mitzvah, says the Rambam, Vuhusha Yashav, The mitzvah is to do tshuva. And when you do tshuva, we're told, Vuhusha Yashav, Achaytem Echetel, Ifnei Hashem, Viyisvade. And to do vidui. Ubiyazeh, etc., is going to be in the following prophet. But it's interesting, right away in the first halacha, right after saying in the Koteret that the mitzvah is to do tshuva, and and as you do tshuva, and it's the mitzvah to do vidui, uh, right? Let me read the whole sentence so it's clear. The mitzvah is to do tshuva and vidui. However, in the Rambam, in um, in the first halacha and paragalif of Hilchas tshuva, we're told whatever is violated, whether it's accidental or purpose, or, or done on purpose, they were told the following: Keshiyasa tshuva. When you do tshuva, the yashem echetoi, and you repent from the sin, right? You're chayiv lesvados. When you do tshuva, you're chayiv to, to to do vidoy. So the rabbi of the first halacha does not say there's a mitzvah to do tshuva. He says simply that there's a mitzvah to do vidoy when is obviously, you know, most people hearing this or many people hearing this would say, um, like, what's the difference? I mean, everyone knows you're supposed to do tshuva. What do you mean? Is there a mitzvah not to do tshuva? Well, the purpose of the question is to analyze the process, is to analyze what exactly is going on here. What role does vidoy play in the process? What role does tshuva play in the process? How does this operate? Is it really a separate and distinct mitzvah? What do you mean? How could tshuva be a separate and distinct mitzvah? Inherent in every mitzvah is the idea that if you break it, you fix it, right? Just because you've broken it once, it doesn't give you a free pass for the rest of your life to keep doing the same Aveira over and over again. Inherent in every every mitzvah is the idea that if violated, you fix it. That's a common sense thing. Do you really need a mitzvah of tshuva? Or the counter counter argument would be, what do you mean? Tshuva isn't just not doing something you've done before. Tshuva is much more complex than that. Tshuva, as the Rambam goes on to detail, involves charata, a deep sense of remorse, shame even. It, it entails a commitment not to do it again in the future. And it entails vidui. That, those are all part of the, those are all, you know, steps along the way in the process of tshuva. So just because it's inherent in a mitzvah, that if violated, you don't do it again, that doesn't mean that tshuva is not necessary as a separate and distinct process. The question is, does that constitute a distinct command? Is there a command to do tshuva? To take another text of the, of the Rambam, says, he writes, 
What's the mitzvah? What's the seventy third mitzvah? Shivanu lozvadais alachatayim vaavinesh keshachatanu lefnei hakel yisale v'leimer oisam im hatshuva. He he puts first vidoy that the mitzvah is to do vidoy, but to do it im hatshuva with tshuva. What does im hatshuva mean? Does it mean subsequent to tshuva, simultaneous with tshuva? So what is tshuva in this process? Now, what's interesting is that there are people who explicitly say that tshuva is not a mitzvah. There are text sources like that. For instance, uh, the Sefer Chinuch. What does he tell us? Shenestavdu lezvadas, you have a mitzvah to do vidoy on all the sims, and vidoy, and he says, at the time of tshuva. Right, I've sinned. Again, keep in mind it's a singular language. He has to recall the sin he's done explicitly with with, with his words. The evakesh kapala alav, and to ask for forgiveness and atonement. Right, and to actually to do this quite in depth. The minchas chinuch on the chinuch says the following. Right, he 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 says, look, look at the Rambam, etc. And Lacharonil is He says, it seems to me, Merava Machaber, the Mitzvah say, Kan Eino Tshuva. The Menchas Chinuch is the is 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 a clear source where he says that Mitzvah there is no Mitzvah to do Tshuva. Rak Havidoy Bepeh. He sees this in the words of the Chinuch, and he sees this in the words of the Rambam, because again, the Rambam said Kishiyash the Tshuva. When you do tshuva, then there's a mitzvah to do vidui, right? The chinuch put it in a similar way. There's a mitzvah to do vidui, right? There's a mitzvah to do vidui, uh, and uh, to do this, uh, and to do this, and, uh, and, and at a time of tshuva. So in a, in a way, not exactly, but similar language, the Rambam putting the vidui as the mitzvah and the tshuva something which precedes or accompanies. Uh, the, the vidoy, but the minchas chinuch says clearly is not. By the way, it's very interesting chida here. The chida says something astonishing. He says tshuva cannot be a mitzvah, and the reason it cannot be a mitzvah is that would make every love a love anitik lase. I mean, you could never give malchus, as we all know. Uh, every time there's a negative command, which is linked to a positive command. Uh, give me an example, Rabbi Kivalevitz. Give me a love and it's a plus, Yes, Shilu eh? yes. for example. Right. So, um, so here you have a love, Lasikach Right. If you discover the mother bird either with uh, eggs or uh, hatchlings, that you cannot take the mother and those hatchlings together. But rather, you have a mid- if, but if you do it, if you actually lift up that nest with the mother still hovering there, you have a, a assay to send the mother away. So even right. though, so that's the reason why we can't give you makos, uh, even though somebody warned you against right. picking up that nest. What about gazelas? Gazela have an say? Yeah. Right, which is a, more, which is a, a simpler uh, example. Right, but I think this one is the one where, uh, the one I said, I think, indicates that where the Torah um, straps and I say onto the log. The terrorist. Right. Okay, that's true. But uh, you have a, it's an excellent point. But the it's, 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 it, you, you can't steal. If you steal, you have to return it. So don't steal. If you do, return it. 
So because it's uh, stealing now becomes connected to the positive command of returning what you've stolen, you never get malchus, you don't get uh, lashes for doing it. So if there's a mitzvah to do tshuva, says the chidah. Let, let, let me, since you brought me into it, and since one of the reasons why it isn't just, uh, it, it's sort of, there is a logic to it, but I think it's all based on the fact that the source text for getting makos is an avera of muzzling uh, your animal as it's at the threshing floor. And over there, you muzzled it. So you can't, unmuzzling isn't going to help. It's true, you're not over that veyra anymore. But once you've muzzled it, the Torah doesn't say... You can't go back in time. You've already done it. Right. And and, and that's why Xayla, you would have thought, well, you know, right? Because the the truth is, is that, right? Because you have, let's say it better, the the muzzling of that animal (coughs) stops that animal from getting what it wants. The animal can't help but want to eat. You've, whether it's based on animal cruelty or not being cruel to humans, you've, not, you've now done that act of, of being zomain at the, at the threshing floor. And therefore, that is the, um, that's sort of like the iconic law that you get makos for. And the, and the minchas, the, the chidah's point, the way you're bringing it out is, is that it's not doom the law to chasim. It's not like your classic... Right. In other words, every Aveira, in fact, maybe by doing, again, you know, I, I guess, you know, you, you could probably push back on the Chidah a little bit. Oh, you could push back on the Chidah for, in, in, in a different right, because, way also. Right, because I mean, in other words, Kuba, it, 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 it's generic. It's not specific. Right, in other words, when it's Nitak say, one can see in this assay a right. restoration of what in other words, it's not was. specific to the crime. Love and say means there's an assay specific to this crime, which which, which seems to, in a way, uh, like eliminate the effect enough that there shouldn't be corporal punishment on the person. Whereas chuva, right, especially if it's a lower class of chuva, doesn't take away, it would seem, the effect of the sin, unless you know we're talking about a chuva that can actually you know be mahapech. The Averas, if the Avera didn't happen, but yeah. go ahead. No, no, but it's, it's a I'm just, it's a fascinating point from the Chida. Where's where's this Chida? It's in the book he wrote. <laughs> right now, right now, I think it's in Brooklyn. Where's the Chida? <laughs> about what the Rabbam's view is. Again, given the contrast between the the headline and the and, and the paragraph, is that sometimes people have this whole conversation and they ignore another Rabbam in Ilchus Tshuva, which is glaring. The Rambam in, uh, in, in Perak Bay says, you don't have to go that far, right? And, and, and Halacha Zion there says, Kippurim is a time of tshuva for everyone. For individuals in a community. And it's a time of forgiveness for the Jewish people. Right? He goes to the people now. And we can there's a whole other drush on Lefikach, where I'm not going to get into it now. Lefikach, Chayovim Hakol Lasos Chuva Ulasvados Biyomikipurim. Therefore, everyone is obligated to do Chuva and to do Vidoy on Yom Kippur, right? That there's a specific Yom Kippur. How? What's the Lefikach? What's the logic in the Lefikach? That's a fascinating question. I, I think there may be an answer for it, and I may even get to it. But lefikach, because it's a case mechilus lichol liyisrael lefikach chayavim akol lasay shuvah lesvados. 
because it's a time of mechil and slicha, therefore there's an obligation. Now, what's the logic in that statement? Is is a fascinating question because the Rambam here is really an, a, a, uses language that is really unexpected. Because it's a time of slicha mechila, therefore there's an obligation. But at the very least, he says chayav Everyone has to do tshuva and to do vidoy. And then in the next halacha, he says, "What's the ikur vidoy? What is the essential vidoy?" If you think if you have a better word to translate ikur with, I think essential is the best, is the is the right word. Havidoy shenagu boy kol yisrael. What's the vidoy that we all do? Aval anachnu chatanu. But we have sinned. Now I want to stop here for a minute and talk about the word aval for a minute. Right? We all know that this is. We all remember this word very clearly from davening. Aval. Right? Aval anachnu vavaseinu chatanu, which I'm going to get to as well. The avaseinu part. But at the very least, um, oh, you're sharing a screen. Uh, where does Anachnu come from? What's the first time, Rabbi Kivalevitz, that the word Aval is used in the context of between Jews, which is the sale of Yosef, uh, when the brothers uh, first go to Egypt and uh, the, the king, who they don't know, or the viceroy, who they don't know is their brother, begins to mess with them and threaten them. What do they whisper to each other? Aval Hashem Menachnu. Right? That's the first vidoy in Torah, is Aval Hashem Menachnu. But, but, but we are guilty. Aval Aval, in our davening, the source is clearly the brothers of Yosef commiserating with each other their profound remorse for what they did to their brother, that we heard his cries and we ignored him, meaning when he was in the pit. Right? That, that's clearly what uh, the source of Aval from. Now, why is the word Aval so important? Not just because there's a, this is a tangential point, and you'll forgive me, but the word Aval is probably crucial to confession because it's a clarifying word. What I mean by that, to clarify, is that, you know, after all the obfuscations and the exclusives and the, and, the, and the rationalizations, the clarifying word is Aval. At the end of the day, no matter what excuses I have, no matter what you know, circumstances I found myself in, but the reality is I sin. It's a, it's a word of haze, aval. It's a clarifying word. Anyway, aval chatano, right? Now we've sinned. Okay. Now, the next, now what's the origin of this? Where does the Rambam get this from? The Rambam gets this from a Gemal in Yuma on Pei Zion on Beis, right? Tano Rabbanan Mitzvahs, Vidoy, Mayomar, the Mitzvah Vidoy, what do you say? The paragraph, you know, the secrets, etc. These are references to paragraphs. Rabbi Yudah says, etc., etc. These are all phrases and expressions we all know by heart from davening on Yom Kippur. Uh, etc., etc., uh, right on and on. This was the Ramnuna Zuta Biuma. One second, uh, goes further. All of these things, all of these things, he says, Marzutra are said if you haven't yet said. All of these things are necessary 
in the absence of a lanachnu chatanu. Aval amar aval lanachnu chatanu. If you say you don't need anything else, right? And then he were told how we communicate right? When the mother said come make him, he got out of there. He said ikur haihu, right? It's the gemal in Yuma which makes it clear that the ikur vidoy, ikur vidoy is saying you don't need anything else, right? Achsar said not salty all those things, right? You don't need any of it. Uh, confirms that the source of the Rambam is, in fact, the Gemara in Yuma on Pei Zayinam and Beis, right? And he talks about this. And then he says, Venera, the love dafka chatanu. Levad. Ela chatanu avinu pashanu. Not sure what he's adding with that. Is that what, uh, he, what he's saying okay. is chatanu implies a lower level of chet. The chet right, right. There's different, that's true. Yes. In other words, the Lechem Mishnah is saying, can't just say chatanu, because that's sort of like, yeah, I sort of mis- I made a mistake, I, I stumbled. What he's saying is you have to actually go through Avinu, Pashanu, where it was actually, uh, you know, an act of rebellion, and you knew what you were willful, doing. Willful acts. Zehu Ikravida. Now, now, the next part of Lechem Mishnah is breathtaking. Like the Rambam himself wrote at the beginning of the first parak, and he says, just like he wrote, right? He says it's not just aval anachnu chatanu, but it's also anachnu chatanu avinu pashanu, all plural, which is just like what the Rambam wrote, chatasi avisi pashati. Now, this unremarked upon shift from the plural of chatanu avinu pashanu to chatasi avisi pashati calls out for an explanation. Why is it that the Rambam, right, the, that we talked about earlier, uses the singular language of Chatasi, Avisi, and Pashati, and here the Lechemishna says that what we're saying here in Parag Beis, really means Chatano, Vino, Pashanu, just like Chatasi, Avisi, Pashati. No, it's very different. Chatano, Avinu, Pashanu is not Chatasi, Avisi, Pashati. One of them is 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 Lashon Rabin, one of them is Lashon Yakin, right? It's, that's not what it is. Now, so the question is, what is this shift? What is this shift between the plural and, and, and the singular? Okay, right? Perik Vav, uh, Perik Hey Pasuk Vav, Daber, go to Pasuk Vav. Daber Bnei Yisrael Isha Ish Kiyasu Mikol Chatos Adam Limo Mal Ba'ashem Va'ashma Hanefeshahi Ve'hisvadu. Right, this is the biblical source for vidoy. Eschatasa mashirasa, you have to do vidoy. Now we have to figure out what the crime is here. Veishem eshashamay belaishay, right? And you have to. Uh, they shall confess the sin they committed and make restitution for the principal amount of his guilt, and add a fifth to it. And we have to figure out who this is. Vein vimein leish goyel lashiv ashamalav muzav lashem lakayim levad eliki pulim. Now, what's interesting here is what does Rashi say? Rashi on this Pusik says, Who are the people that don't have? He, Rashi says, When this person decides to do Vidoy, is there somebody who doesn't have Mishpacha? Right? What does it refer to? Gezelagar. So these Psukim refer, uh, at least part of, the, some, part of these Psukim refer to Gezelagar. It's interesting. You know, you might find it only mildly interesting or just curious 
that the biblical origin of, of, of this vidui is in fact in this very interesting case of that references Gezel Agar, the theft from the person who may feel the most alienated in a community, right? Or most alone in a community, right? Gezel Agar, the theft from a convert. Hopefully that's not the case. Now, if you go to Vayikra, Ernest Baruch Atasa Sherloi, Vechiper Badoi Vad Beisoi, Veshachat Esapar Sherloi. Now, on this Pasuk, the Gemara Numa tells us, Vechiper Bekapagas Devarim Hakosam Medaber. This is Vidui, right? Atayimim because Dabar El Kabaras Damim, maybe it's blood. He already did the carbon. That is Vechiper. Badayin loy nishchatapar says the uh, says the, uh, the, the the Gemara in Yuma that this pasuk of kapara <laughs> for the kain gadol is in fact we're talking here about kaparas devarim we're talking here about vidui according to the Gemara in Yuma so here it's very interesting that you have um, this vidui discussed about a gezel hager from the most alienated. And now we have it in the most prominent with our with the Kayin Gadol. It's a good base. It's very famous. This is called Vidoy Meiser, right? The question is, is, and it's Rashi who calls this Vidoy. Now this is the greatest anomaly. The greatest anomaly is that when the farmer of old would bring his Meiser to the base of Migdosh, he would declare what its Sadik is, how he did everything right. Right, he would declare all the things he did correct. Right, I did everything right. I'm a tzaddik that you cannot imagine. I listened to God. I did everything I was commanded to do, and yet Rashi and everybody else calls this vidoy meiser. How is this a confession? It's the exact opposite of a confession. A confession is saying what you've done wrong. Vidoy Meiser, as we call it, is proclaiming what you've done correctly. This is very strange. Keep in mind, let's keep that possibility in mind. Now, so here we have this very strange phenomenon of something positive of a positive declaration being called a confession. The next question I wanted to ask is on the Machzer. The Machzer does something, you know, we go to Shul Yom Kippur, we say Yisker for our parents, and we're overcome with uh, love for our parents and longing for our parents. We love our parents. The rabbi gives a drasha on Yisker, proclaiming all of our parents were tzaddikim, and we're mourning the tzaddikim, everybody, right? And then what do we do? We do the strangest thing in our vidui, for which I don't recall any precedent, possibly the Teichachah. There's no precedent that would practice for this. All of a sudden, what do we do on Yom Kippur? When we're there, the same day we are revering our parents' memory, at the same time we're talking about all the things we have to do that, you know, that, that are proper and avoiding the things we that we shouldn't do because they're improper. What do we do? We get up and we insult our parents. We get up and we say, Right, we just saw the Gemara. We just saw the Rambam. We saw everybody talk about how Iker Vidoy is Avalanachnu Chatanu. 
to say we've sinned. Where does it? Where do we get this strange idea that on Yom Kippur we're supposed to get up and insult our parents and grandparents? We declare that our parents were sinners. Where do we get this from? And what I would suggest is the following: is that, and the other question, there are a bunch of other questions here you could ask about Vidoy. Right? The Rambam begins by telling us Vidoy is Chatosi Avisi Pashati, and all of a sudden it becomes Chatanu Avinu Pashanu becomes plural. Right? Confession, which common sense tells you is the most private act imaginable, yet we do it in public. We do it in public, right? We do it collectively. The Rambam uh, in Hilchas Shuva discusses at one point how an Avera is done, Beinodom Lechaveiro, you're supposed to proclaim. But the Averis, you're supposed to keep quiet. Quotes a Pasuk, how it's wrong to declare flamboyantly what you've sinned and what you've done wrong to, in your relationship with a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Yet that's exactly what we're doing on Yom Kippur. We're proclaiming them publicly. Right? Where does this idea come from that the most private of spiritual acts, repentance, right, remorse, Shame, as the Rambam says, and demands, you know, a delving into one's own life and character that is intense and that that is verbally expressed with chatosi, avisi, pashati, a very personal confession. Where did along the path did this become a public act where we proclaim publicly that which the Rambam says you're not supposed to proclaim publicly? Not only that, when we come to Shul and we do it, we're not satisfied simply with criticizing ourselves, but we criticize our parents. And not only that, we get up and we sing it. An approach that the Rambam does take um, that is, I think, an interesting one on this Pasuk of Avon Avosom, where he says that it's, it's the Rambam in um, uh, it's it's the Rambam in uh, Hilchas Tainis that you might be familiar with. I don't know if you were going to say it or not. We just did some Gedalia. We just went through some Gedalia because of the Tzoros Sheiruven. Because what occurred, and the Rambam explains how some Gedalia was Gachelis Yisrael that there was. It seemed like uh, that that spark of having a Jewish community seemed to have been extinguished to that point. And they, they were prey to uh, just all the political machinations of all the other powers that have their own presence there. That's what occurred with some with Gedalia. Well, by the way, I hate to interrupt, but I have a some Gedalia joke. There's only one some Gedalia joke. Are you familiar with the some Gedalia joke? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure Gedalia ben Achikam in his, in his Ganadin would appreciate it. Go ahead. Yeah, the some Gedalia joke is one Jew sees another Jew eating on some Gedalia. And he says, why are you eating a Sam Gedalia? He says, I'll give you three reasons. Number one, if he wasn't killed, he'd be dead by now anyway. Number two, if I was killed, would he fast for me? Number three, I also eat on Yom Kippur. <laughs> you shouldn't feel bad. Um, so the, the Gachelet... It's a limited genre of Sam Gedalia humor. It's, it's, yes, yes, yes. It's not on your Wikipedia page. It should be, I think, Gedalia that caused this... Uh, communal mourning is the sense that his death meant that that spark, that coal, so to speak, that still had some fire in it, was completely extinguished. 
and v'sivev lahatem galusah, that their golus would now be sealed, okay. that they would not be able to restore themselves. So what, now let's go back to the Rambam. The Rambam says that that tzara that we just did of Tzav Gedalia, why do we fast? Because we go back in history and remember them. We sort of go right. back. So, again, that's my point. That's why I don't believe that this is a so, solid source for our Vido Yonim Kippur. Right, right. But what, what the Rambam says is no, that... The Rambam is, 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 is speaking about and what the Pesach was speaking about... Right, but, it's yeah. a historical phenomenon. Right, but, but no, no, no. The, the, what, what it is is, should be current varam elu, when we remember what occurred and we realize that, that their actions, despite how elevated they were, right. are, are similar to ours. Right, you can't talk about Tishabov without the sins of Bayashani. And that we're Bayashani. doing the same things. Right. right. And that's why by remembering, unfortunately, putting them in that bad light, we say, hey, we're no different. We, right. in a way, have absorbed that. But and- Yom Kippur is not Tishabov, and it's not some Gedalia, right? right? Yom Kippur is not about mourning Chorban. It's not. When you, in the context of Chorban, obviously, it's inevitable that you reflect upon the sins that triggered Chorban, obviously. So but both the Tolchacha and the Rabbah in, in, in these halachas is talking about something that's rooted in historical uh, uh, events. And therefore, you have to discuss parents. Okay. But again, to emphasize the justice of my question, go back to the Rambam, go back to the Gemara, when they discuss Iker Vidui, they say, Avalanachnu Chatanu. They don't say, Avalanachnu Vaviseinu Chatanu. They don't. We say it. And Yom Kippur is not confessing. We are not doing vidui in Avalanachnu Chatanu. Alchecha Chatanu is not vidui. It's not. Vidui is what you do believe. Vidui, when I say is out of the lave, you have to say it with your words. Right? We're a medaber. You have to say it out loud. You have to articulate the words, but to yourself. And Razarabam says vidui is private. You're not supposed to declare the sins in public. Vidui on Yom Kippur in our Machzer. The Vidui in the Machzer is not Vidui. It's not. What we do in our own heart and articulate to ourselves when we say it out loud, that's Vidui. The Machzer is not Vidui. It's something as important, though. You know what it is? It's connecting ourselves to the community of confessors. We are proclaiming our membership in the community of those who confess. That's what we're doing. The only gift of Yom Kippur is not given to any single Jew. The gift of Yom Kippur, as the Rambam said earlier that we quoted earlier, is a gift to Klal Yisrael. And the only way you can benefit from that gift is if you're part of Klal Yisrael. The public vidoy we do in the Machzer is declaring our membership in the community of confessors, in the nation of those who confess. That's what we're doing when we say That's what we do when we say because the community of those who confess include our parents. Real vidui is what you do after the painful process of remorse and shame and accepting not to do it again. Then you say out loud you say it to yourself I've sinned and you say what you've said and as the Rambam says you do it in private. You don't proclaim your sins in public. You don't do that. So what are we doing, Yom Kippur, when we're singing 
And when we're all proclaiming by the way, I remind my people every year, it is not a to-do list. And it is a, is our way of proclaiming our membership in the community of confessors, the community that is deserving of the gift of Yom Kippur, of Slichu Mechila, right, of forgiveness, as the Rambam said. It's Kates Mechilo Slichu Chol Yisrael, for Kla Yisrael, Lefikach, therefore we do it now. In other words, therefore we proclaim our membership. The Vidoy is membership, and that's the whole point. That's the Vidoy Meiser, right? Vidoy Meiser is the Prat that teaches you about the Klal. Vidoy Meiser, what does it come on the heels of? There's Mikra Bikurim. There's Vidoy Meiser. Those are all proclamations of membership in the story of the Jewish people. And then once you proclaim your membership in the history of the Jewish people in Mikra Bikurim, then you have Vidoy Meiser right there in the same parak, which tells you now you are proclaiming your membership in Klal Yisrael. That's what Vidoy Meiser is. I've done everything. I've listened to God. I'm part of Right, the Amsagula, I'm part of the Jewish people. That's what you're declaring, right? It's a proclamation of identity. That's what the Vidoy is in the Master. That's what the Vidoy Meiser is. It's a proclamation of identity, which falls on the heels of Mikrabikurim, where you proclaim your attachment to the story of Jewish history. The Vidoy on Yom Kippur that we have in our Master is not classical Vidoy. The classic vidui is something we do between our with ourselves as we articulate to ourselves and to ourselves alone and to Akadosh Baruch Hu what we've done wrong. The vidui of the Machzer is a proclamation and a statement of identity. And because we have that identity, because we're in the community of confessors, therefore we are deserving and can even insist on Slicha Mechila, the gift that God has promised us. That Vishob Hashem Et God, in a sense, reverses your captivity. The way he reverses it is, as, as, as the Pasuk in Vayikra says, by being misvade as upon of The way Golis ends is by being, doing the vidu that makes us part of Klal Yisrael. So I think that the, the title, Rabbi, that we gave to the Shir. Of which the, I was skeptical. Yes, of reversing the captivity. That's the way you reverse captivity. Right. And, when that, and when that occurs, and when the vidui, of course, Yom Kippur is not just a way to clean the slate, it's a way to have the kiyum of v'chamcha v'shov v'kibetzcha v'kol amim asher efitzcha Hashem alikecha shomo v'abiyecha Hashem alikecha el oritz asher yorshu v'yisecha v'yirishto. And mirz Hashem, we know that the uh, the we will be able, hopefully, to be misameach, biyachad, um, in Eretz Yisrael, on the heels of a tshuva shlema. Thank you, Rabbi Pupko, for, for inspiring us uh, in a way to understand Vidu Yom Kippur in a whole different fashion. That's it, my friends. Take care. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 